You're listening to The Sports Buff, the official podcast of Imperial Sports Business Club. Hello, hello. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of The Sports Buff. We have a special episode today because we have a very special guest. We have Jamie Lim. She's a high-performance athlete. She's going to tell us a bit about her story. I'm just going to read some of her accolades, um, just so you know the caliber of guests we have here at the Sports Buff. Jamie was a Southeast Asian Games gold medalist in 2019, one of only two Filipino karate uh, team members to win a gold medal. She was a quarter finalist, top seven in the World Championships in 2021, so that's also very impressive, and uh, a silver medalist for the Asian Championships, the highest ever by a Filipina in Asian Championships. Jamie, thank you for being here with us. Thank you very much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I want to start um, by just saying, I know I've read a couple of bits about you know your background and all that stuff, um, but I was wondering, you kind of, you mentioned to me earlier that you know your parents got you into karate when you were quite younger. Do you think, what were their kind of reasons for that? And, you know, what, what motivated them to get their child kind of into martial arts quite quite early on? Yeah, actually, I tried a lot of sports when I was young because they thought that sports was really important. My dad is a basketball player, so I tried basketball as well. I tried swimming, gymnastics, and karate. So it was just one of the summer sports I tried. And then my coaches told me to continue it, you know, after summer. They were like, you should compete don't stop after summer and my mom was like yeah that's a good idea so I continued it and I lost and lost and lost for three years and they didn't make me stop so that was just the story of it and it was so random it was just because my coach told me to continue karate and it stuck mm. and were there a lot of um did you have a lot of friends that were also doing a similar sort of thing or was it very kind of you know just you a lot of the time Oh, yeah, it was just me. Well, I didn't know anyone in the sport that time, but I did make some very strong friendships because, of course, we grew up together. We were doing karate like since we were six years old up to now. We stay friends. And, yeah, I love them. And I think they're also the reasons why I stayed because we're all very invested in it and we gained great friendships throughout. Mm. So Yeah, that's great. I mean... Yeah, I mean, is it a kind of sport that like has kicked off in the Philippines a lot of the time, or is it kind of uh, more of a regional-specific sport? Um, yeah. Yeah, actually, it wasn't so popular in the Philippines. Uh, taekwondo was actually more popular as a martial art. Um, it's just that my mom said she was a fan of Japan more than Korea because she liked Japanese food more than Korean food. You know, these reasons. So she put me into karate. Um, it's not as famous as Taekwondo, but... Um, it was a good experience for me. Like, even though karate is not in the Olympics, like, it was only there once in Japan, but not again. Um, I still did a lot, and I still learned a lot through karate, so I'm very grateful for it. Maybe just for our listeners, Jamie, if you could explain the main difference between karate taekwondo and karate in general, what's the what's the purpose of this, of this sure. sport? Okay. okay, both of them are martial arts. Um, taekwondo though in the sparring I see that they use more kicks compared to we do we have kicks as well um, but we have more punches compared to them so it's very similar in the fight style it's just that like small differences like taekwondo has like three rounds of two minutes each and we have only one round of three minutes 
Um, they also have like headgears and like body armors, and we have nothing. <laughs> Just like gloves, um, and set protectors and everything. But yeah, um, in general, they have more kicks, and we have more punches. But both have punches and kicks. When was the first time that you realized that you were good, okay. uh, or or very good? Thanks. Um, I think I realized that when I was nine. Not very good, but that I had potential. So when I was six years old, I kept losing, like I said, for three years. Like, I never won a gold medal. And that was tough for a kid. But when I was nine, I had a gold medal. And it was, I think, it was just like luck. I just won, like, by decision. It was zero-zero. But after that, it changed. Like, after I won that first gold, it kept going and going. I think it's because something clicked in me. And I said, oh, I can do it. It's not impossible. So I think that really changed everything, that lucky gold medal at nine years old. Mm. And was it something that kind of, you know, throughout that period of losing so often, is that something that, you know, your parents would reassure you about that it would eventually be like a good decision? Or was it something that they were just like, you know, this is just something that is good for your lifestyle in general? Or could do you think they could see the potential as well? Or was it just a kind of process that they were going through? Yeah, you know, I talk about this with my mom a lot. And she wonders like what made her make me stay. Because it was so against like the odds. Everyone was saying, I don't think karate is her sport. Like, Three years is a long time to be losing and losing. I mean, take the hint. But I don't know. She she doesn't know what it was. But she made me stay and just continue and say, what else are you going to do? Like, not do sports? um, Just lie down and watch TV <laughs> during the weekends. So she just made me stay. And she just told me to keep working harder. And I think she was just, like, believing on the inside that something good will happen. And it did. So... I don't know what miracle that was or what made her decide to make me stay, but she did. It was very lucky. Mm. And obviously, like, when you, I guess when you started kind of getting a lot better, that's when the kind of success really started and, and things like that. Would you mind just telling us about, like, that journey through the success when you actually realized, obviously, when you realized you were good as well, when you started competing and doing well? Um, can you just talk to us about, like, how, how that was and how that journey kind of progressed? Yeah. Okay, so at nine years old, I realized that, oh, it's not impossible. So I kept training. I was more um, hungry for it. I said that, okay, um, if I work harder, I'll perform better. You know, at, at, as a kid, this was already a big realization. And I think it's very important that kids get into sports. That's why I'm very passionate about it, because you learn these things. Um, and it's different to live it um, compared to just hearing it because you really learn it that way, the best way. And so I, I carried it into everything because when I was young, I was also not a very good student. I was very bad. I was an average student. But uh, going into high school, I just did the same thing I did into sports. So I studied harder. I, I was consistent with it and I graduated with honors. And that wasn't expected of me because I was really just an average student when I was young. No one thought that I had brains. My mom thought I was just like an athlete forever. Um, but yeah, so that transformed me. And I think that's the way I do everything. Like what I learned at nine years old. Um, I was doing karate back then. And during high school, I was studying. And during college, I was studying as well. And until I joined the national team, um, I was the same like it's just the same thing I did when I was young how often did you train at that time like for how long because I imagine balancing mm -hmm. the studies with the 
high performance yeah. athlete that should be something hard, right? Yeah. So actually, when it was when I was younger than eighteen years old, it was not that hard because juniors isn't the same as seniors. So during high school and um, elementary, I would do weekends if there was school, and during the summer I do every day except Sunday. So that was very different um, from the national team. When I was in the national team, it was twice a day, every day, except Sunday. Um, that's because competitions were more important when you're in the national team. Like you had the Southeast Asian Games, the Asian Championships, World Championships, and um, they really demanded a different kind of level compared to when I was younger. So it was really on a different stage back when I was young. And you still studied at the time when you were training two times a day? Oh, no, because I graduated. So what happened, the timeline is I did karate and school at the same time from six years old up to graduating high school. Then I started college. And then I had the goal of being summa cum laude, which is the highest honors in college. Um, and I tried to do karate at the same time. Back then, I was not national team yet. Um, but it was difficult. It was very difficult. And I knew that, okay, I had to give something up if I really wanted to get the sumo cum laude. So what suffered was the karate. And I thought I retired back then. So four years, zero karate. But when I graduated, something clicked in me that I should try again. Because five months after my graduation was the Southeast Asian Games in Manila, which is super special to the country. Like the Sea Games is the biggest thing for the Philippines, I think. And that's why I wanted to go to the national team. So I immediately joined right after I graduated. So it was a full-time thing. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you've, you've kind of gone into how, you know, your your timetable changes completely when you become like a high-performance athlete. What, what else about the whole lifestyle? I mean, I presume it's the same because obviously I did, I did judo at school and I was national champion for judo as well and like it's done on weight category as well i presume right is, is that the way that each competition is structured is it kind of weight category based or um and in that regard kind of does your whole kind of diet change your lifestyle you know no more no more going out partying and stuff like that and how, how does the rest of the lifestyle kind of adapt to, to being a high performance athlete yeah actually yes there is a weight category so i entered at my walking weight my walking weight then was like 64 kilos 63 kilos and so i joined the under 68 kilograms um, and it was okay. Like in the SEA Games, I got the gold medal. And then we did this world-level competition, the Olympic qualifying competition, where they merged the under 68 and the over 68. So I was like at 62 kilos back then because I was training. And I fought this girl who was like 70 plus kilos. And she swept me so easily. Like it, I was like, I think I am in the wrong category because I'm just so close to the under 61. So after that, I shifted categories to the under 61 and I actually performed better and I think um, it makes all the difference because these categories they play differently and you have to be strategic about which one you join um, but that thankfully it wasn't a big change in my diet and everything because we were training so intensely um, so I was naturally burning a lot without trying so I think my correct category was the under 61 and yeah, so tra training was just hard. I kept eating a lot still, thankfully, because I love to eat. Um, yeah, so good choice for me. Did you have like these Michael Phelps buffets where he ate, I don't know how many calories per day? Oh my gosh, <laughs> I could, I want to, but I am not him. And I think swimmers burn calories like crazy. I don't know what they do. 
But that's my dream, though. I want to eat so much, like Michael Phelps. Mm. <laughs> and staying in shape. Yeah, yeah, that's a dream. Um, yeah, because I can imagine the lifestyle kind of gets a lot more intense when when you enter that kind of professional level. Um, I certainly remember like having to cut weight a lot of the time, and you know that can be quite stressful for people that are quite young. Um, but yeah, in terms of the actual competitions as well, like was it was it quite? Did you notice the step up in the kind of size of the competitions? You know, obviously going from the Philippines and then competing in the Asian Games, and then you see like lots of different other countries that are you know quite perhaps a lot more like centered around karate traditionally but what was that like kind of seeing and exposed to people that were like had karate like in their family and stuff like mm-hmm. that oh definitely um i remember before before i stopped karate before the hiatus i kept winning international competitions like when i was a junior and i thought this was it like i was really dominant but when i stopped for four years and i came back for the southeast asian games um, we had some tune-up competitions like in Singapore and I lost for the first time in like 10 years and I was like oh my goodness it's so different now I, f- I feel like this is not what I remember from before and so it was an eye-opener to me like okay it's really a different level now and I have to put my extra effort and so um, that was also difficult because I was so out of shape like when you stop for four years it's it's different like the condition is going to be different and um, immediately training twice a day every day was so taxing on my body um, like I had to get used to lifting weights heavy weights which I haven't done or running so much so many rounds and everything um, yeah so all of that happening at the same time it was difficult to process and I had to do it in a really fast time like mm-hmm. just five months to make that sink in and hopefully win the gold so mm-hmm. um, it's a lot of adjustment but I think I had a great foundation when I was young like about handling pressure, handling losses, mm. um, being able to learn that at a young age. I think it stuck with me that even though it was very difficult, seemingly impossible, I still was able to do it. Mm. Yeah, and can you just tell us about like kind of how you saw the results change after you made that that step back to come, the decision to come back after four years, like after dedicating your training again to it, did you see the results materialize in the competitions? Did they start getting better as well as you put more work in? Mm-hmm. It was a slow process. So when I came back, it was July, and the competition I was like I was aiming for the Sea Games was in December. So I had five months, and as I said, I did the first tournament in Singapore, and I lost. And so I was like, okay, I need to step up. Um, and so I was training and training, and it was really slow because I I wanted to cry every day. It was so stressful. We had to go to Turkey as well for two months to do a training camp. And there was another competition there and I lost again. So I was questioning, like, is this the right decision? Like, I just graduated with highest honors. I think I should just celebrate. But no, I already made the decision. And so I just kept going with it. And um, slowly, like, there was one more competition that I won in, in Turkey. And I was like, okay, it's slowly getting there. It's getting there. And just in time for the sea games. But it was a slow process. Like during that time, it seemed impossible for it to be for me to win the gold. Um, and it was hard because I had to train, I had to endure the physical stress, also the mental and emotional stress at the same time. So that was really my favorite competition because it was so worth it. Mm. It seemed like it was impossible then. Yeah, and those I guess do you think the your reaction would have been a bit different if you had maybe lost in Turkey? 
and you maybe hadn't won, would do you think it would be like right now I need to train even harder, or is that just kind of has that been your attitude for a long time now? Just as soon as you lose, you know, you need to go straight back into it and train even more hard and things like that. Yeah, well, I think like since I started. And after the first loss in Singapore, I think that was enough. Like, I didn't need another loss, honestly. I don't know why I still lost in Turkey for the first time. But yeah, that first loss was enough to open my eyes uh, because I really, really wanted the Southeast Asian gold. Um, even though my competitors were so much more experienced, like the my finalist was a previous world champion and also an Asian silver medalist. So um, I didn't let that get in the way of my wanting to be the gold medalist. And I still believed, I really believed in myself, even though it was crazy too, because it was so against the odds, but you have to believe in yourself. So um, I just really worked hard, the hardest I could possibly do um, for five months. And it, it was just perfect, the timing, I guess. Mm. Um, and do you think, you know, obviously we've briefly touched on, you know, the academic achievements as well. Do you think, you know, how much did karate influence the academic side of everything? Did that, was that kind of something that was, you know, helping it along more than anything? Or was that like taught you the discipline for the, for the academics? Mm -hmm. It taught me everything. I mean, it was everything. The attitude towards it. I mean, it's great. I think I got the brains from my mom, but she is smarter than me. Like she was, um, she also graduated summa cum laude in my same university, the University of the Philippines. Um, but she was smart since like she was grade one. She was always valedictorian top of her class, and I wasn't. I obviously wasn't. Um, but I think I got the foundation. Like I got her brain somehow, part of it. Uh, but. It was definitely the sports that made me really focus and it gave me the um, the attitude towards studying, like the same sacrifice, the same discipline. I got it from sports, of course, for sure. So now, Jamie, you're studying a master's at Imperial Business Analytics, one of the best masters I've heard. That's right, classmate. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that hunger still in you to keep on competing or do you think that karate has done for you everything it could have done? And you can do other things now. Okay, I thought that it was done for me. But I've actually like have had thoughts of like returning to the Southeast Asian Games this year in May. I don't know how that's possible because we have exams in May. But I really want to do that. And right, um, right after our graduation in September, we have the Asian Games, which only happens every four years. Like the Asian Championships happens every year in Karate. But the Asian Games, which is like the government part, um, it happens every four years, and I've never done that yet. And I'm very excited to do that. So, like, right now, this year, I've been training twice a day, um, despite all the homework. Oh, my gosh, it's so hard. <laughs> but, yeah, um, I, I want the option to be able to compete still, um, just at least for this year, maybe, because so many things are happening this year, like the SEA Games again and the Asian Games. So I think just one last run, if that's possible, and then I'm ready to move on. Mm. If you need a sparring partner, Henry, are you available? <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, this is making me feel like I should take up judo again, honestly. Um, yeah, I mean, like, that's an interesting point, though, because, I mean, like, obviously coming from Asia, which is, like, such a martial arts-dominated region of the world, I mean, it's where pretty much all the martial arts that we know uh, that have been founded. I, I don't know if you've, like, have you had any exposure to, like, training in Europe? What's that been like? 
Um, and like whether you see kind of martial arts taking a hold in the way that it does in Asia over here potentially. Yeah, I have actually. I've because our coach in the Philippines is Turkish, Coach Okay. Um, and he always takes us to Turkey. So I've been there for th three times just because of training camp. Um, we've been there for like two months or one month and then another two months in different years. And it's crazy how how martial arts are getting more famous here in Europe. Because I think it, they're very close to each other, so it's easy to do tournaments. Mm. Versus in Asia, it's not really common. So I think um, people are improving much more in Europe, and it's getting more famous. And I've got to see both styles, like in Asia and in Europe. Mm. Yeah, and it's, it's been so helpful because they're different styles. And at least I get to like experience all these different styles. Yeah, 100%. I mean, like it's, it's, it's funny, though, because like obviously because... I think there might be a correlation between the fact that, you know, it's very popular in Asia and like, you know, people in Asia, I think compared to Europe, are like so much more disciplined and have their lives sorted out a lot more than perhaps people in the UK. So like I was thinking like what, what kind of good martial arts could do in Europe in terms of, you know, we live in a world which is very kind of social media based and like everyone's fixated on their phones. How do you think, you know, introducing martial arts in school would be something that would really help Europe as a whole, not just like on the martial arts side, but outside of sports as well. For sure. I mean, martial arts, it teaches you so much stuff. Like any, actually any sport would teach you so much, but also martial arts because they have the added value of like respect um, and discipline and um, honoring your seniors and everything. And it just teaches you a lot. And for kids, I think it's the best way to learn because it's different if you read it from a textbook or if your teachers just say it to you um, versus actually living it versus like um, experiencing the nerves, like comp competing. Like it's very difficult to handle all of those emotions at the same time and it takes maturity. And kids will mature so much faster like being able to experience that, how to handle wins, how to handle losses. Um, they're different. And they learn it on the job, like, when they actually do it. So I think it's great. Mm, yeah, I definitely think, like, the whole... The main thing for me is definitely, like, the dedication aspect, right? Because I think in a lot of team sports that are, like, really popular in Europe, it's a lot more based on, you know, turning up to a team training mm -hmm. session, whereas, like, you know, you've made it very clear that a lot of your success was because of, you know, doing it as an individual mm -hmm. and, like, being disciplined yourself to get that extra training sessions in as well. Um, but yeah, no, I really think that could definitely help help the Euro the Euro the UK and Europe. Um, but I think it's definitely taking hold here. Um, what what's your been your what's your experience been like? Kind of training here and training with European people. Is it been? I, I think you mentioned different styles. Can you mm -hmm. tell us more about that potentially? Yeah. So in Turkey, um, I it's very different from Asia because like the Japanese where karate started, they fight like very straight. Like it's just one line. But the Europeans, they go around the court. So it's a small it's a small detail, but it really makes a big difference. Um, so very traditional in Japan versus in Turkey. And I think that's common in Europe because that's the way they play against each other. So that's what they get. That's what they mimic um, versus in Asia where it's just one line. So I at least I'm aware of what the weaknesses of the sides are and this side. Um, so going for the Asian Games, hopefully, like I am more aware of other styles and it's more holistic. Um, in the UK, though, I haven't, I haven't trained. Like I, I've only been training alone, and I'm thankful for the gyms at Imperial because they have like this punching bag, and it's saving my life because I use that all the time. 
Um, yeah, and I am actually in contact with my coach, and he said he's gonna connect me to a coach he knows here in the UK, and I'm excited to do that because I'll be able to train with UK people. So mm. yeah, I'm gonna let you guys know how that's gonna go. Just for context, which continents are better at karate? Um, Europe Europe. and Asia, they're the strongest ones. The others, and not so much. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Hasn't reached that side of the globe yet. Um, (laughs) Maybe because there are a lot, so they get to, the competition is tougher, I guess. Like, more people, I guess. Sorry, Daniel. No worries. (laughs) That's fine. Yeah. No, I suppose it's it's, it's 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 a good way to finish, I guess, because, you know, I definitely think the UK is growing its martial arts population as well, but I think it's especially important now just because, you know, a lot of young people in, in the UK are kind of a lot more obsessed with stuff that isn't to do with, you know, traditional forms of competition, mm-hmm. like sport in general. Um, yeah, and I think, yeah, all the best of luck for, for the next competitions as well. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks for the support. Jamie, yeah, thank you very much for being here. You're an inspiration for a lot of people, I'm sure. Thank yeah. you. I think I might even go back to studio. <laughs> my my legs aren't aren't very strong these days, but it could be the one. It could be the one. Yeah. One last uh, message for all the fans. Thank you guys for listening. I've had so much fun sharing my story. Um, I hope you guys listen throughout. So, yeah. <laughs> if they made it to the end, you're you good. <laughs> you're good. You're good. <laughs> well, I would just say that if anyone is listening would like to kind of pick up martial arts, I think you know. This is clearly a great story of how it's you know, helping a lot of people with their work and stuff outside of martial arts and sport as well. So if you're thinking about it, I would definitely go for it. Definitely helped me. Um, and I think it can be really positive for a lot of people. <laughs>